Prepare yourself to invest a few minutes with the Make Each Click Count podcast to discover new details in how to accelerate your sales and profits while making sure you're getting the absolute most out of your online marketing dollars. Hosted by Andy Spleichel, who's been running paid click campaigns for his clients for 20 plus years. Join us and discover what's working today and start making each click count. Without further ado, here's the acclaimed author of the Make Each Click Count book series, the founder of True Online Presence, the founder of Make Each Click Count University, and the host with the most, Andy Spleichel. Welcome to the Make Each Click Count podcast. This is your host, Andy Spleichel. We are happy to welcome this week's guest to discuss today's topic, which is email done right. Today's guest is an e-commerce and email marketing strategist for scrappy entrepreneurs. She teaches actionable steps and strategies to grow and scale their e-commerce businesses. After 20 plus years in retail, owning her own multi six-figure brick and mortar boutique and three years as the only employee of a seven-figure e-commerce store and having the pleasure of learning from top experts in the digital marketing e-commerce industry, she is now sharing everything she learned the hard way so you don't have to. A big welcome to Jessica Totila Coster. Hi, Jessica. Hi, Andy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to chat today. Yeah, we're excited to, to have you. The, the intro, it's a long intro, and I, I love where it says you're an email marketing strategist for scrappy entrepreneurs. <laughs> now, how do you define scrappy? I, I guess we're not talking Scooby-Doo. No, we're definitely not. Uh, scrappy to me is just someone who isn't afraid to get their hands dirty and do the work because, you know, there is a lot of information on the internet about how, how easy it is to grow an e-commerce business. Just put up a website, run a bunch of Facebook ads, and tomorrow you'll be a millionaire. But that's not really how it works. And so the people who understand that and are ready to do the work it takes to build a thriving business and they're really here for it, those are my people. Those are those scrappy entrepreneurs. Got it. Got it. And the subject of this episode is email done right. How important do you believe a good email strategy to be in the growth for an e-commerce company? Oh my gosh, it's one of the most important, in my opinion. If you think about e-commerce and just marketing in general, no matter what your business is, right? It's really just one big puzzle. And each part of your marketing strategy is a small piece of that. And they all work together. You know, can you have a successful business without all of the things? Yes, you definitely can. Just like you can see the photo in the puzzle come together, right? As you fit each extra piece in there, but it's not complete until you have all of the pieces. So email marketing is like the net for everything else you do in your marketing. You can be really good at driving traffic and getting people hyped about your new products, but what happens when someone comes to your website and doesn't buy and they just leave? Like then what? Now you have to pay to remarket to them. Email is the way you ensure that you get the most out of those marketing dollars and all of that effort, because now you can continue to nurture them and lead them down the path toward conversion. Plus, it's the cheapest form of marketing with the highest ROI. So who doesn't want that? Sure, sure. Now, 
customer acquisition or customer retention? Which one do you believe is more important for the growth of a company? Oh, I love this question. And of course, the answer with most things is it depends not only on the product you sell, but where you're at in your business journey. So the less often someone needs your product, you can think of a mattress on the extreme end, right? We're only buying those every five, probably more like 10 years, even though we should change them out more often. <laughs> but the more you need to focus on acquisition, if you sell a product like that. On the flip side, if you're a consumable product that people buy often, then you're going to want to focus more on retention. And then it's also going to depend where you're at in your business and what season you're in. So if you're new and still ramping up, you need to really be focused on acquisition. E-commerce is a numbers game. As you get more established and you're at a comfortable place, then retention is the name of the game there. But ultimately, you're always doing both. It's just where do you put more weight, right? Where do you lean into more than the other at mm -hmm. any given time? Now, we talked about the importance of, of email and growing, but how do you grow your email list outside of purchases from customers? Isn't that the million dollar question, Andy? <laughs> Before we get into some specific tactics, like let's think about what is in it for the subscriber? Because email is not a place to just sell your stuff. That is for sure a byproduct, but email is a place to build relationships with your potential customers and relationships are a two-way street. So first you have to get clear on why do they want to be on your list? Like what is in it for them? And what are you going to give them in exchange for their email address? That's really intimate, right? To allow someone into your inbox. So Sometimes that's going to be a discount. That's what I see most often. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there are businesses that that works really great for and other ones that it doesn't work as well for. I like to think of the path to purchase. So if I'm shopping for a mattress, I'll just go back to that example. And I go to your website and I'm there for 15 seconds and you give me a discount. If I haven't already made my buying decision, like that discount is not going to be the thing that puts me over the edge, right? Some other things you can think about are education around the problem that customer is trying to solve with your product. And sometimes it's because they're addicted to the product you sell and they just want first dibs on everything, right? So be the one on our email list. You get first access to everything we do. And it's going to depend on your business, but that is the first step is just getting clear on that. From a more tactical perspective, you absolutely want to have a pop-up, which seems so obvious and simple, but it's pretty amazing how many e-commerce businesses still aren't using one. And usually it's because we're projecting our own opinions about pop-ups onto our customer, right? We hate pop-ups, so we don't want to use them because we assume our customers hate them. But at the end of the day, like, 99% of the time, pop-ups, they just work. They just do, right? We need to interrupt someone's experience and get their attention. My, go ahead. How much do you test the offer for an email list with your clients? Love this. Definitely testing for sure. I 
anytime I'm testing anything. And when I explain this to people, you're going to have two hypotheses, right? You're going to do an AB test. I usually will just use the form within the email platform that I'm using, set up the AB test, let it choose the winner. Once you find the winner, now you need a new test, right? You're never really a hundred percent sure. Like you're never going to nail it out of the gate and that's okay. Just keep trying different things. And once you find the type of offer, right? Maybe it's a discount, maybe it's a PDF download. Maybe it is just that early access. Once you find that, then just do more versions of the same thing. You know, that makes sense. That makes sense. Hey, do you have a preferred email service provider, ESP? Sure do. Clavio is by far my favorite. Clavio, you must be the third or fourth straight guest <laughs> who has given me Clavio is their favorite ESP. It, it definitely seems to be the pretty girl on the block. Why, why is everybody liking it so much? Yeah, because it is enterprise features without the enterprise price. And I've used a lot of email marketing platforms in my day. They are built specifically for e-commerce. This is not an email marketing platform that just tacked on a couple of e-commerce features, right? To compete in the space. They were built from the ground up for e-commerce. Everything that they do is to help you sell more product and they are constantly innovating, adding new features. Like who has ever used a SaaS product that has, you know, in their forum, like all of these feature requests from five years ago that they're just obviously never going to implement, right? It's like the worst case. Clavio is always releasing new updates and their goal is to just help you make more money selling products. That's why I love them so much. Now, do you have a favorite success story of one of your clients using Clavio that you would be willing to share? Sure do. So when I first started my, I actually started my business by accident. We don't have to go into all the history of that, but it was really when MailChimp and Shopify broke up and people were kind of freaking out, didn't know what to do, started talking to them about Clevio, And then they started reaching out to me. And there's these two, my first two clients, they're the ones that always come to mind. And maybe it's just because, you know, we've got I got a little special place in my heart for them, but we did create some pretty cool results. So the first one, she had had an expert and I'm, I have air quotes. You can't see me set up her Clavio for her, but they did it wrong. And this CEO was unknowingly sending emails to people who didn't actually subscribe to be on her list. So she was getting a ton of spam reports and overall had really poor email metrics. And eventually all of her emails started landing in spam, even her welcome email. Wow. So when she first reached out to me, I was a little hesitant because I was like, hmm, I've spent all my emailing years staying out of the junk box. Like I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to help her. So I agreed to take a look, but I didn't take any money from her just in case. And once I got in there and I was able to see exactly what was happening. So four weeks later, she was back in the e inbox and email went on to consistently generate 20 to 30% of her revenue. That was how, how did she get out of the junk box? How did it start? Um, what, what did you do there? Yeah. Great question. So 
The first thing was obviously getting really clear on who was actually in her inbox and finding those people who were most recently engaged and who are most frequently engaged with her business and her website and her emails, right? So recency and frequency, those are going to be the most important metrics when you're trying to figure out who's really paying attention to what you have to say. And then we just focused on emailing only those people being consistent and creating really great content to make sure that we were getting really, really good metrics because the email service providers, Gmail, Yahoo, et cetera, they're paying attention to all of that. So when you are sending to people who aren't opening and clicking your emails or they're reporting you to spam, that's telling those email service providers, whoa, these people do not want what this person is sending. And that's how you end up in the junk box. So we made sure to be really, really careful on who we were talking to build up that engagement. And that's all we did for four weeks. And then by then we started layering a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And we got out of the junk box and back into the inbox. I don't know if the numbers are available on what a good open rate is. What, what in your experience do you see that you might be worried if you're not achieving a certain open rate? Yeah, there are actually benchmarks out there. So SendGrid, who, if you guys don't know, is an email service platform, but it's also the infrastructure that a lot of other email platforms use as like their technology and backend. So they see a lot of emails. Essentially, the email service providers are looking for an open rate of at least 20%, and that's aggregate. So if you send me an email and I open it three times, then it's going to count me three times. So they're looking for a 20% or higher open rate. With the release of iOS 15, where not all open rates are properly tracked, it actually inflates your open rate. So I kind of tell clients to go for a 25 to 30% as your new baseline. Mm-hmm. Once you get into single digits, you're in trouble. If you have one email that just, for, I'll tell you a little story about the time I sent an email on the series finale of Game of Thrones. So I must've been one of four people who didn't watch that show back in the day. So I had no idea it was on. And I sent an email, it was Sunday night. It was always my best performing night. I had an open rate of, it was like four or 7%. And I was like, what happened? Mm. And then I, of course I heard everyone in the office. Oh my God, did you watch it? Did you watch it? Oh, that was a great episode. Yeah. I was like, see, I was like, literally the entire world was watching this freaking show, except for me. I had no idea. Hey, what's up? Andy here. I have a quick question for you out there listening. How do you rate your Google shopping results? If you are an e-commerce business driving traffic to your own website, Google shopping remains the absolute number one way to drive profitable traffic. Unfortunately, I see a lot of mistakes with the fundamentals of Google Shopping. Whether a business uses a free Shopify app along with some Google automation, or perhaps turning over your Google Shopping to an agency but with limited oversight, 
or even trying to manage everything in-house without proper knowledge, I've seen about all the mistakes you can make. And that's why I've released Understand, Conquer, and Profit with Google Shopping Mini Course. And best of all, it's absolutely free. As a business owner, you don't necessarily have to manage Google Shopping yourself, but you do need to understand how it works. This video course will help you do just that. And best of all, it's free. To register, go to makeeachclickcountuniversity.com forward slash conquer and profit to sign up and start growing your business using Google Shopping or visit makeeachclickcountuniversity.com classes to see all the courses we currently offer. All right, back to the show. And so, so did you find this one poor email hurt your your overall performance or no. So that's what I wanted to say. If you have one email that you totally screw up and it just bombs, that's not going to automatically put you into the spam box, right? As long as you bounce back to your normal positive results, you're going to be fine. It's if you are consistently getting those results, that becomes the red flag. How often do you advise your clients to send email? It depends a little bit on their business, minimum one time a week, generally, and then as many times as your audience will tolerate, honestly. So the more subscribers you have, the more products you have. So the wider product assortment you have, typically the more emails that you can send. Do you send the same email to people who don't open it the first time. Yes, 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 yes. This is like my favorite little trick to get more eyeballs on your message to increase your revenue. And people are so afraid to do this. But if you think about it, like we just talked about, the open rate is 20%, right? That's aggregate, which means the unique open rate is about 12 to 15 Now, before you guys go thinking, well, that's terrible. Why am I emailing? Your social content gets shown to about 3% of your audience. So this is actually a good percentage of people, but that means 80 plus percent haven't even seen it yet. So don't go like reinventing the wheel all the time, just resend it because we're so distracted as just humans. We got so much going on. Everyone's schedules are different. Maybe you sent an email in the morning, but this group of people, they read their email at night. And by then your email is buried in the inbox. Sometimes people's inboxes look like Twitter feeds these days. So don't be afraid to resend that stuff. How long after you originally send it, do you send it again? It depends. If it's an evergreen email. So non-time sensitive, then it's going to be like a 48 hour type deal. Sometimes like I have clients who maybe will send a weekly newsletter and they'll send that on Tuesdays and then they'll do the resend on Thursday or Friday. If it's a promotion, if it, if it's black Friday, sometimes I'm sending it the same day. I'm sending Mm -hmm. two emails a day. So it just depends how important that message is. Got it. Now, if you had a crystal ball, how would you see the email industry changing over the next 12 to 18 months? Oh my gosh. It's just going to get more and more important to your business. Think about the way iOS 14, you know, rocked the digital marketing world and people who were just relying on the Facebook algorithm to go out and find them new customers all the time. were like, uh, I don't know what to do now. So 
you've probably heard this before, but we don't want to build our businesses on rented land. And that is social media that's paid and organic. Like we need to buy our own home and that is our website, our email list and our SMS lists. So it's going to be so important as well, because email and SMS and having them in your ecosystem that way is the best way to collect first or zero party data, which is data that you get directly from them. This is what iOS 14 changed where Facebook can see what you do on Facebook. They just can't see what you do when you're not on Facebook anymore. So for you as the e-commerce business owner, you need to collect as much data as you can about your people. And so having that email list allows you to do that. Building your house on rented land. I I don't know if I've ever heard that saying, but I really like it. (laughs) Speaking of rented land, that's going to bring right to Amazon. How many of your e-commerce clients are also selling their products on Amazon? Most of them actually aren't and maybe are not. That, yeah. And that, I mean, I think that's also partially just because it's not something I talk about a lot because I don't have a ton of experience with it. Um, I do know that some people have built their entire businesses on Amazon and they do wonderful But then I've also heard the stories of, yeah, I had this great product on Amazon and then Amazon went and made their own. And now I no longer show up in the buy box. So, you know, it really depends on the business model that you're trying to create. Most of the people that I work with, these are people who are really passionate about the product that they created, or maybe they built a boutique, but, you know, they're creating a lifestyle business to help support their families and they're really intent on building their own brand and their own website, that kind of thing. What is a piece of actionable advice you could give listeners who would like to see some quick results with their email marketing? Yeah, I love this question, which I did have ahead of time. And the thing that I was going to say was to resend your emails to the people who didn't open them. <laughs> that's, some, that's, some great, that's some great advice. <laughs> you stole my answer, Andy. No, but the other thing I can say is just send more email, send more email. I know we are afraid to we're send afraid email. of oversending, right? We think that we're going to be annoying. And the truth is these are people who raised their hand and said, I want to hear more from you. Please tell me how I can solve this problem or whatever the outcome that they're looking for from your product is. And if you are not emailing them, your competitor is. And if you, if people are unsubscribing, it's okay. They probably weren't your customer anyway. They probably had zero intention on buying from you. They're doing you a favor. You don't have to pay for them anymore. So don't be afraid to email. As long as your metrics are staying in, you know, those average benchmarks. So you want 20% open rate, three to 4% ish click rate, uh, spam rate less than 0.08. As long as you are hitting those numbers, your metrics are good. You can keep sending email. If is you, there a unsubscribe rate you should be worried about? 
Yes, there is. And it has escaped my brain, which is why I didn't say it, but thanks for catching me in that. (laughs) I will look it up and send it to you so you can stick it in the show notes. So let's talk a little bit more about you. You um, had a boutique. I did. And you transitioned to an e-com company. Yep. And now you are coaching. Correct. How did you go from boutique to e-com to coaching? Yeah, I'll tell you my, my lovely story. So I've been in retail for my gosh, so long. I got my first retail job when I was 16 at Contembo Casuals. And I thought I was like the coolest thing ever. It was really exciting. And then I went on to, you know, work my way through that, went to school for fashion merchandising. And I knew I wanted my own business and the boutique that I was actually working at closed. So the space was open and I said, I know it's 2008 and we're like in the wake of the worst financial crisis I've seen in my lifetime, but I'm going to open a brick and mortar business. Why not? Let's see what happens. And (laughs) it was actually a lovely, wonderful experience. Broke even my first year, did over, you know, $650,000 in revenue. And then I decided I no longer wanted to work or live in New York because it was cold and it snowed. So I picked everything up. I moved to LA and went back to work in retail. And at this point, you know, e-commerce was really becoming a thing, but digital marketing and e-commerce was not a thing when I went to school, like Facebook at that point, I think you still had to have a college email address to even get on Facebook. Right. So I really knew that I did not want to get left behind. Things were a changing and I wanted to keep up. So I just really started inserting myself wherever I could and learning everything that I could. And then eventually I went to work for this other company. I got recruited there. I was in the marketing division of their brick and mortar. And then when we launched e-commerce, because I already had this previous experience and I had been in this company for three years at that point, they brought me over to run e-commerce and I was the only employee for three years. It was my gosh, did I cry so much at that job, but it was an amazing learning experience and I wouldn't take it back for anything. And you know, like you said, in my intro, I got to work with some really amazing high-level consultants that the average e-commerce entrepreneur doesn't have access to. And when I started hanging out, you know, in Facebook groups and just in the entrepreneurial space, I can barely say that word, let alone spell it. I should pick a different word, but I loved being around that energy. And I started to see all of the holes, like everything that I was doing and had learned this group of e-commerce, you know, entrepreneurs wasn't because they didn't know. And I was like, why Mm -hmm. is nobody teaching them this? So I see a lot in the space for the super beginner. Here's how to set up your Shopify store. Here's how to post a post on Instagram. And then you have a lot for those who have big, huge budgets but what about the person in the middle? And that's where I decided I can, I can really help this group by teaching them 
how to read and understand their analytics, how to make data-driven decisions, how to take advantage of things like email and SEO. Um, and that's really how I ended up here. And it's the best job I've ever had. Got it. Now that's quite a journey. So tell me on that journey, were there any business books out there that you could attribute to, to some of your success? I'm not really a reader, but I do enjoy podcasts. So I love marketing school with Neil Patel, read his blog all the time. SEO now you don't genius. have to mention this one just because you're on, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I also love Build Your Tribe with Shalene Johnson and her son Brock. And they talk a lot about Instagram marketing and things like that. So, um, and really just learning from those who have gone before and trying a lot of stuff and making a lot of mistakes too. So I think we had touched on a little bit, but what, what problems are you solving now with your coaching services for clients and, and how are you standing apart from, from the competition? Yeah, I, it's funny because when I started you know, you, anytime you start a business, whether it's a service product, informational, doesn't matter. You kind of go in with this like specific idea. And then the market tells you what you actually should be doing. Um, so really I've boiled it down to my number one goal is helping e-commerce businesses grow their traffic sales and profit. And while I can certainly, and I do share specific strategies that I have seen work and I know work you know, just go do this thing and it will work. What I really want to do is teach people how to figure that out on their own based on what the data is telling them. And I do, you know, there's a lot of people out there on the internet teaching this stuff. And I think everyone has their place, but I don't see them really focusing on the data as much as I do. And that's really where I think I stand out and making sense. Like, so many people, they are like, I don't even really log into Google Analytics because I get dizzy just looking at it. Or they haven't even attached it to their website. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? And these are six and seven figure businesses. And I'm like, honey, what got you here is not going to get you there. I want to help get you there. And you do that with data. So that's kind of the basis. And then I really do that through email marketing, SEO, and analytics are, are my big three. So tell me who, who is the perfect client for your working with you? Like if they're out there listening now, they, they should definitely look you up and contact you after the show. Yeah. So I do have a couple different services I offer and each of them has a little bit of a different perfect customer. So for the person who is already doing six figures in their business, they've proven product market fit. They have a handle on driving traffic and now they're just ready to create a customized email marketing journey because they know how powerful and important it is, but they ain't got the time to do it. That's where I come in. I have a full done for you email automation setup, And that is the person who's perfect for that. Sometimes earlier people in their business will come to me to get that done as well. Um, you don't necessarily have to be at that revenue mark. It just is going to take you longer to see the ROI, right? Because the email doesn't work if you don't have people moving through the flows. But then there's also that group who 
maybe they've been doing email for a while. They have an in-house team. They're just like, you know, I just feel like I could get better results. I'm not really sure what I'm missing, but if someone could just tell me what to do, I would go do it. That's when an email marketing audit comes in. And I kind of dig into all the nooks and crannies and leave you with a prioritized to-do list so that you can overall just increase the effectiveness of your email marketing. So those are kind of the two main things. And then I also do one-on-one consulting if you really need that like hand-holding and kick in the butt every week to get things done. But ultimately where most people end up, whether they're new to me, new to business, or my one-on-one clients, they move their way into my membership, which is monthly support and all that. So that's a great place for just ongoing support because man, does e-commerce change constantly. Got it. Now (laughs) I I checked that out a little bit on the website and I saw that you're kind of positioning yourself as working with women. And I'm curious, do women prefer working with women? Because I have a lot of women clients and I I think they like me, but maybe I'm wrong. (laughs) So here's what I have found specifically in the e-commerce space is there are a lot of bros, right? And so these are the guys that are running ads in front of their rented Lamborghinis at the Airbnb. And that is what the female audience really shies away from. So there are definitely some men I have met along this journey who do not fit into that bro (laughs) description. And, you know, I think the ladies that I work with very much value their opinions. Um, for me, I am not a man hater by any means. I have some male clients. I was going to ask, so you, you will take men as clients. Yes, I do. I do work with men. I just, there's just not enough, I think in the e-commerce specific space that are female. So, you know, that's just an exercise in marketing friends. Got it. Got it. Now, if somebody is interested in working with you or, or learning more about your membership group, how can they reach you? Yeah. The best place is just go to my website, ecommercebadassery.com. You can find all the things that I do and how I work for people. You can even book a clarity call there. If you're just like, I know I need help, but I'm not quite sure what that is. We can figure it out together. Well, this has been great. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap it up today, Jessica? Yeah. I just want to remind everyone to send more email. I can't say that enough. Don't be afraid of being annoying. Remember you have to repeat yourself because we're all distracted and we're not paying that close attention to you. And then I also have something special for you guys. Oh, we love special. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what it is. You have to go to ecommercebadassery.com forward slash Andy to find it, but I promise it'll be worth a couple of clicks. Well, that sounds great. Well, thank you again for, for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. For listeners, if you like this episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave us an honest review. And if you're looking for more information regarding Jessica, you'll find the links in the show notes below including the link she just mentioned for the surprise gift. In addition, if you're looking for more information on growing your business, check out our all-new podcast resource center available at www.makeeachclickcount.com. We've compiled all the different past guests by show topic and included each of their contact information in case you would like more information on any of the services I've discussed during previous episodes. Well, that's it for today. Remember to stay safe, keep healthy, and happy marketing. And I will talk to you in the next episode. 
This has been the Make Each Click Count podcast. Remember, those that want to make more sales and profits online, listen to this podcast. The ones that want to discover how to do it faster, invest in themselves and their business through Make Each Click Count University. Join our private Make Each Click Count Facebook group or send us an email to info at makeeachclickcount.com. We want to know who you are and any questions that you may have regarding online marketing. 